So I'm Zacharias. I'm from Dublin, Ireland, and I am currently ranked sixth on the Irish PVP leaderboard for self. I'm hoping to, you know, kick and get another invite to regionals and try and go on to continentals one more time. And I am here with our lovely host. Uh, hello, I am Thidrecker, currently ranked number one in Ireland, co-captain along with Zacharias in the Dublin Deciduise, our faction, um, and hoping to get into Continentals. Uh, got, hope, got our, I think I have a regionals invite secured as rank one, hoping to get regionals and make it to Continentals. Um, so yeah, uh, welcome to our first episode of Sylph Time. This is the podcast where we're going to be talking about competitive Pokemon Go PvP battling, um, both in Go Battle League and in Sylph Cups, which is what I think we both prefer to play in more so. Um, but uh, we enjoy both, and we're going to talk about both because obviously both of them are worth discussion, especially Factions is great because it blends the two together, which I think is mm. a great way for people of differing PVP desires to come together and all get a nice fun opportunity for it. Uh, so why don't we just start with a little more background uh, when it comes to talking about um, what exactly, sorry, uh, let us talk about what exactly we like, who we are, where we come from. We've talked about our ranks, but let's, let's just chat a little bit about uh, favorite cup. Um, as you think back on it, what's been your favorite cup? I think Toxic Cup. It's going way back. It's going way, way back. But I think Toxic Cup was the first cup that I really got my teeth into. Um, from memory, I think it was Toxic Croak that really won it for me. Um, a number of matchups managing his energy well and keeping that sweet, sweet mud bomb to end out on, especially for the mirrors. Um, yeah, and I think that was the first cup that I got a clean sweep in the All-Ireland and our local um, University College Dublin Cup. Uh, I think I swept both cups at, in the same month. I think it was the first time I did that. Oh, yeah, it was a great cup. I remember that uh, cup. It was a fun one. Ooh, my cup's a tough one. So the first cup I won, going way back, um, was Kingdom Cup back in Season 1, um, which was the fourth-ranked cup that existed my third cup to play in because um, I'm a big fan of Dragonair. I just really like Dragonair um, both as a lead and as a safe swap. Um, but favorite cup will go a little more recently. I really enjoyed Prismatic Cup. Um, okay. Fascinating cup because I got to play Seismitoad, um, mm. who I always feel is the, the forgotten mud boy. Uh, and I love, I love Seismitoad. He's got a little bit more bulk. And Muddy Water, even as a bait, I think is fun. I got to play Togekiss, which has been one of my longtime favorite Pokemons. As soon as it got Charm, I was ready to go with it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that I would say probably fairly it's, it's fairly recently, Prismatic Cup has been my favorite because it has been a it was a really interesting build cup with a lot of uh, fascinating types to it. Uh, so then, yeah, let's, what, how do you, when you're thinking about building a team, we'll go with our six man self teams because there's a little more team building. How do you prefer to build a line? What is your preferred play style? So typically I like to start off at the bottom and kind of say, well, how wild can I go here? Like if I was to pick something 
that works, but only just works. So for the sake of example, last month's Guardian Cup, looking and saying, well, I like playing Golurk and Golurk doesn't really fit the bill. It has a lot of problems in Guardian Cup, but it also hard walls all the electrics. It has a decent time of it against the counter users, which were big in Guardian. You know, it, it's still a very soft, squishy mon, so it doesn't really want to take, you know, if, if, if Machamp has, has banked a rock slide, it doesn't want to take it, even though it's resisted, it doesn't want to tank it, um, really. So how can I take that mon and build a line of six that work with it in it? So that was the way I tend to, to go. Um, and I will look heavily at what I can play that's slightly off meta to support that in order to keep people guessing. So I like the the angle of not no opponents not knowing where the next charge move is going to come from and what that charge move might be. So something like Umbreon, you know that that I wasn't in Guardian, but if you're facing that, you know what moves it's going to have. Whereas if you're facing, you know, Wormadam, Trash, you might not know what fast move it has, let alone what charge move it might be throwing. Now, in fairness, with Wormadam, you kind of know which charge moves, but you, you get my point. Yeah, no, I definitely lost a round of factions because I was expecting confusion trash Adam and instead got bug bite. Um, totally threw me off. So yeah, 100% makes a huge difference if they don't know what to expect from the Mon. What about you? Uh, oh, um, so I like to find out what I think are going to be the top four meta team mons um and then i like to find something spicy that uniquely covers them that you wouldn't suspect right um because it's like all right if i'm expecting umbreon and i'm expecting dragalgy for example if we're thinking about obsidian cup coming up i want to find something that works together to beat both of them um, or a great case of this was in the last cup in the guardian cup uh we had a lot of steelix and we had a lot of um gorgeists and so what I looked at and what I ran was Macargo um, because it does very well at both of them. And even though there were fighters, the fighters weren't very safe lines. So people weren't leaning into them. Um, and so Macargo usually worked well. And even in a losing matchup with Macargo, um, it very much was super good at still either taking a shield because you can throw an overheat and swap out or dropping a rock tomb, debuffing, and getting out. It doesn't die quickly, even in its losing matchups, unless you got against a low Mamola, um, which was killer for it. But So I really like looking at what I think are going to be the top cores and finding a unique pick that handles both of them, uh, which gives me more flexibility in building a team around it. Um, and then I'd say my general line thinking, I like bulk. I like to conserve my shields rather than play aggressively and go to shields down. Um, so I tend not to uh, go towards shadow mons. I think they're very good. I just, I like to play cautious with my shields and you can't do that with shadow mons. So that's why more often than not, I end up not running shadow mons. Um, maybe to my detriment, but just naturally how I play. Whereas I know you like shadow mons, what you're thinking there. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of goes in, in the same line as liking um, as, uh, as liking Golurk. It's that mud slap. You know, you get that hit of damage, but it is soft. 
it's a similar idea if you're going in and you say, you know, I don't know, I want uh, Shadow Victory Bell was, I think, was that Toxic Cup as well that I first ran? It was definitely the first regionals, um, season one regionals, I ran Shadow Victory Bell and it completely hammered stuff. This was before the Razor Leaf uh, got nerfed as well. And, you know, beating stuff like Frostlass, it just had no right to do, but it did it anyway. So even though you you kind of want to use the shields, I think the other surprising thing to, to hit players with is to just not shield. To just dish that damage, take the losing matchup, but leave them in a situation where you can farm. You know, especially with something like a Frostlass, where if they throw and don't bank any energy, they put their mon in a losing matchup where you can possibly bank energy, even if you've lost switch. And you might have lost shield advantage, you know, necessarily if you've um, put yourself in a situation where they might have gotten a move in, you know, let's say the Frostless Mirror. Um, you know, if, if you Shadow Victory Bell, you're down. Their Frostless now has a little bit of energy on yours. The reality is you have the HP advantage. And typically that can, you know, overturn because that was, wasn't something they were expecting. I think that's that's... Again, going for mind games, I think, tends to be where my my forte goes. You know, if somebody expects you to shield or somebody expects you to throw. The one thing I'll say going to Macargo, like super thick um, for what it is. And I just feel like I never threw the overheat. <clears throat> I always missed out on that overheat damage. I was always just going straight rock to him. And I definitely feel like last month I should have thrown a good few more overheats. Even if it's just going to go down straight away afterwards, just people not shielding, expecting the rock tomb um, by the end of the month, I think, especially. Yeah, uh, an unshielded overheat is just a nightmare for almost every Mon in that meta. Uh, so it was great. But yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying with Shadow Mons. Um, Shadow Dragonair, I think, is the Shadow Mon I run the most when he shows up in Cups. Um, yeah. And he's just, Shadow Dragon Breath is great. So it I can... That hammers. Yeah, so sometimes in that matchup, I'll, I'll double shield um, and then I can throw on whatever comes in and it's just, it will put them at an oppressive disadvantage because a 50% HP Dragonair, even if they have shield advantage, is still going to just whittle it down after it wins the first matchup. Um, so yeah, I mean, Shadowmons definitely have a lot of great play and I think it's interesting. Um, they always expect you to shield because it's frail, so you shield it. So oftentimes they try and bait more often with against shadow mons and so not shielding pays out for you yeah all right well interesting start for sure let's shift to what we are going to call our primary topic of this podcast and the reason a lot of you are probably listening is how do you build a go battle league team we're going to look at great league this week around your favorite pokemon right maybe some of you all are big fans of the main series games uh, came into Pokemon Go because it's a ton of fun. You saw PvP and you wanted to join in, but you don't really want to just play the meta because it gets really tiring playing one team of three for 25 matches a day. Um, and you want to build around your favorite Pokemon, or maybe you just like having fun and running Spice. Um, so what we're going to do now is just show how we would build a team around specific Pokemon. So to do this, um, I asked two of my longtime supporters, shout outs to Snipe and Flolly, um, their favorite Pokemon, they, neither of them play Pokemon Go, but both of them love regular Pokemon. So this was a safe bet for them to pick something that's not 
Azumarill, even though that was one of the choices they gave me, um, or Metacham, right? Like the, the, the ones that dominate Great League were less likely to show up. And so we're just going to kind of build some teams around uh, these Pokemon so we can kind of talk about our thinking when it comes to how you can find the uses of your Mon and the value that it has. Um, so first of all, whatever your Pokemon may be, you need to make sure that it's got some chance of winning. Um, which is to say, if it's not in the top 500, which is it's pretty being pretty generous. If it's not in the top 500, chances are it's going to probably have a really rough time. I'm looking at um, rankings right now. Like you might be able to make Flareon work in the right matchup. I don't think Skrelp uh, XL is going to work at all. Weezing is is no. dead. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll say top 500 probably um, based on okay. PV Pokes rankings you need to make sure you've got some viability for them. Um, so what tools do I use when I'm trying to build a team? Well, first of all, pvpoke.com. Um, it, its rankings are great, but it's really great for showing you movesets, matchups, um, IV distributions, and kind of helping you find your weaknesses to it. And then the other site that I like to use is called pokemoves.com. Um, which tells you how many fast moves it takes to get to every charge move for every Pokemon. So you can actually kind of get a feel for if you can beat someone to charge moves, which is very helpful. Um, if they have um, increased returns on charge moves, if it's worth keeping them in because their second charge move costs one fast move left, um, and all of that kind of math. So these are the two sites um, that I prefer most when I'm looking to build. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree both of those. Um, Poke Battler was one that was, you know, decent for a while, but I think it, it waned in support. Um, and PV Poke just, I, th I think it's just more, it's the, the premier source of information anyway. Yeah, shout outs to Empoleon Dynamite for all, all of the hard work on PV Poke for all of us um, competitive battlers. Uh, so let's start with the first Mon I was given, which is Melmetal. Um, he's a fun Mon. He's an interesting Mon. And the great news for everyone is everyone can get him, right? Because mm -hmm. all you have to do now is install Pokemon Home, send a random Pokemon there, and you get your mysterious box to catch your Meltans. Um, and you can do that every three days. So the candy's not a problem either. Um, so Melmetal is a fascinating Pokemon. It's, it's mono steel type, which is good for defense. Um, it has Thundershock, which means it's not going to be doing any real damage with a fast move, uh, but it does mean it's going to get to charge moves very aggressively. So when I look at Melmetal, uh, my initial thoughts are, one, it's going to pressure shields very well. Two, it's going to need shields if you're in a neutral or worse matchup um, because it needs to stay in long enough to throw usually two, maybe three charge moves for it to kind of mm. pull ahead. Um, and then it's, it's a bait mon, which is to say it's got superpower and rock slide. So the great news with Melmetal, as we're looking to build a team with him, is he just dominates flyers because you can rock slide all day and you resist all of their flying moves. Um, so that's great. And rock slide is fairly neutral, um, except for against steals, but you've got a fighting move. So against steals, you also can get a leg up. Uh, the danger, of course, is superpower is a debuff to both attack and defense. And Melmetal, okay. He doesn't, he's not frail, but he's definitely not strong. Um, because he's got like average stats 141 HP in Great League and 107 to 109 defense. Um, 
So not not great defensive stats, but because it's aggressive with fast moves, that's good. But so when we think about, all right, well, what's what are uh, the dangers for Mel Metal? Well, first of all, fighting types are going to melt him. He has no great moves against fighting types because he's only got a fighting move in Rock Slide, which is resisted by fighters. Um, ground types also going to delete him. Yeah. Um, so like that's the biggest threats Mel Metal really needs to to look at are ground types and fighting types. Um, or mons that are so bulky, even a super effective hit's not going to take them down. Uh, so when I look at building a team, I say, okay, I need something that can handle um, fighting types. And I need something that can handle ground types. So I say, okay, well, what if I can find a good flyer? Because flying is resistant to ground, it's resisting to fighting, super effective against fighting types with its regular fast move. And then I just need something that can hit grounds well enough to kill them. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a lot of options here. Since I know Mel Metal might be shield intensive, uh, my first thought is in a favorite in Sylph League that doesn't show up as much in um, Go Battle League is Golbat, right? I love Golbat. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, Golbat's great, especially because the number one fighting type we're going to run into is, of course, Metacham. The second one is Scrafty. Um, they are, sometimes you run into both of them. I find people just love those two mons. Uh, so Golbat with Poison Fang Wing Attack is going to be able to absolutely um, punch them both down. We have the added bonus of um, Wing Attack Poison or Poison Fang beating Azumarill, uh, which is also going to show up everywhere. And we need a good Azumarill counter because Mel Metal is going to be, if you call your baits correct, it's going to resist Ice Beam and play rough, but it's still only going to be throwing Rock Slide at it. Um, so having a Zoomerill backup that's stronger is good. And the Shadow Ball on Golbat is largely going to go unresisted. The only thing that we have to worry about Shadow Ball on is normal types, which really don't show up in Great League, um, Go Battle League. And dark types, which Umbreon's all over the place, but we have superpower Melmetal. So I'm not as worried about Umbreon and other dark types showing up. We just poison fang them and then we close it with Melmetal would be my guess. Um, so now I've got a, a kind of a nice core as I see it. The biggest threats are dealt with. Um, I still am kind of uh, weak here to specifically Stunfisk. Galarian Stunfisk is a real danger and regular Stunfisk is a danger to Melmetal. Um, so I want something that can kind of handle those two very conveniently. Uh, and I find there's a lot of good options here. Uh, if you want to keep it cheap, keep it easy. Um, grass starters, I love Superior and I love Meganium. Not giving them the poison secondary typing helps protect you from Psychics, um, since Golbat is going to be weak to Psychics. And um, yeah, so that, I mean, I would probably, I love Superior maybe more than I need to, but um, so I would run him because I like him, but Meganium with Earthquake and Natural Bulk and the Shields down is also a great move. Uh, you can also go Trevenant, which gives you another ghost type to handle fighters even better. Um, has great bulk and great closing power. Um, so those would be my top three picks if I wanted to pair it with a Golbat. Another option if you're worried about fighters, if you're running a Grass, so if you're running Superior Meganium or Trevenant, uh, you can bring in a charm user to handle the fighters that might come in. So uh, Wigglytuff or Alolan Ninetales would be my recommendations there. 
because uh, even though both of them are neutral to fighters, charm is just so oppressive and damage that it's great. Uh, I probably would favor Wigglytuff just because fire moves are more prevalent in Great League, specifically uh, Talonflame. Um, and so Alolan Ninetales, I feel like, is more likely to get walled than Wiggly. But I think both of them have play. Um, so the, the two lines that I would run if I want to run Mill Metal is either Mill Metal, Golbat, Meganium. We'll, we'll play it safest. Um, and all of those Mons are easy to get. So it's an easy line to build around a favorite Mon. Or if you really want to run a um, Charmer because they're super fun, I would run Mill Metal, Trevenant, and then Alolan Ninetales. Um, I think is the, the build I would have around Mel Metal. That gives us some great use, gives us safe swaps. Golbat's pretty safe because Poison Fang always leaves your opponent crippled, even when you lose the fight. So that's convenient for you. Um, Trevalent, Meganium, and Superior also all have pretty good neutral matchups um, as long as they don't have a hard, hard counter. All of them can usually chip in something. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I build a mill metal team. Um, so why don't you build a team for us now, uh, Zacharias? Okay. So mostly when I'm going to great um, great league and go battle league anyway, I'd look to say what do I like running, and what counters those, you know, oppressive big picks. So you you're always going to see Azu, you're always going to see G Fisk. You know, you're. It kind of depends on the week, but you might see a bunch of Sableye or you know Trevenant. So having something that can counter those, and that has the nice wide coverage of Shadow Shift Tree. That that that's my kind of go to again. Going back that's to a shadow. Yeah, it's 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 again not expected. So you don't have people who are typically going to be that comfortable counting or understanding the the possible baits. So, you know, you lead Shadow Shiftry into an Azu. Somebody goes, oh crap, okay, that's a grass, I'm, I'm out of there. And they bring in their Skarmory. If you've gotten one or two Snarls in there, you can typically get two of your um, foul plays off before the Skarmory can really do much to you, like before it can finish you out. And Skarmory doesn't want to be tanking foul plays. From a shadow shift tree one foul play i think it's like 35 40 percent of a skarmory's health it, it's it chunks like it absolutely chunks so you give a shadow shift tree you know a little bit of an energy lead and you don't even have to bait you don't even have to go with the leaf blade so you can go straight foul play so they don't have to shield the first one. You know, they think, oh, it's just going to be a leaf blade or I can tank the first one. You can get to that second one and force the shield. And if you've got a, that little bit of an energy lead, you can leaf blade and foul play before they even get to the sky attack. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just running the numbers. Um, so foul play will hit uh, 54 damage on average okay. against the Skarmory. Um, so yeah, if you've got a two snarl advantage, which is very or is very easy to get to, um, and you land a foul, you can land a foul play and a leaf blade, which leaves Skarmory at seventeen HP, depending on yeah. IV spread, uh, which crippled, right? Very easy to knock it out there. Yeah, and that's the the one one shield in the zero shield. You have a few. If you go straight um, foul play, 
Um, so that was, you know, kind of my experience of it. If you can get to that second foul play, you know, you can beat a Skarmory. I know it's you've got to have a few snarls there to, to, <laughs> to get through. So maybe you're asking a lot. Maybe it's a, a hesitant player. You know, they were waiting and hoping to catch the leaf blade on their Skarmory. You know? Yeah, so it's just, of... it's, it's just three snarl lead, which, I mean, if, they, if, they, if they're trying to wait for the leaf blade and then throw it in, for exactly. sure, it's very yeah. easy to get three snarls if they're trying to catch a fast move. 100% yeah, it, viable. If I lead a shadow, um, typically if I lead any shadow, I am either banking on them taking a good chunk of damage from a heavy fast move like a razor leap, or I'm banking on taking a ton of energy out of it, even if I have to hard swap out. So if I, you know, I lead the shift tree into um, Azu and they put in a Bastiodon. And I say, okay, am I really going to throw anything at this Bastiodon to do enough damage? Or do I have something else I can put in in place to hard counter? So let's say they bring in the Basti. I'm not going to throw. I'm never going to have thrown the Leaf Blade into their Azu unless they go straight for the Ice Beam. In which case, I'll take the Ice Beam, shield it, and try and throw two Leaf Blades in return. You know, then mm -hmm. their one shield on me becomes either two shields on them or a shield and a chunk of the Azu's health. But let's say they put a Bastion, I don't throw, I swap in something else. So I want something that can negate those massive tanks. So, you know, a, a G-Fisk, it doesn't want to take the Leaf Blades. So even if they bring in G-Fisk, I can hit it a good few times. Um, you know, you, you don't want to take a, a Rock Slide. So that's, that's fair. But you can tank a Rock Slide and they really don't want to tank Leaf Blades. You know, you're either going to force shields or you're going to beat it down. Um, Bastiodon, like I say, it's a different story. Um, you don't really want to be hitting Bastiodon, so you've got to swap out. So you think, what do I have that can get in there and beat a Bastiodon? So usually I look towards one of the Mud Boys. So you could think about your Whiz Cash. You could think about maybe going in for, like you were saying, the standard Stunfisk. Um, you know, you got the, the possibility there of hitting the flyers that want to hit the shift tree because you got your electric and your ground um, and you've got the just the spam, spam, spam of, of mud and Basti can't really do much in return because you're resisting both its fast move and its and both of its charge moves with a regular Fisk. Mm -hmm. um, and because it's, okay, you know, regular Fisk weak to the grass but you've got your grass counter in your dark grass that's going to spam out those foul plays. You know, Venusaur doesn't really want that. So, you know, okay, you're going to lose to Venusaur, but you've got the possibility of hitting in those foul plays. So that, that would be my thinking there on building with Shiftry. So like I say, Shiftry is, is Shadow Shiftry anyway, is something that I, I would look to play with because it's not expected. And then I'm backing it up with something again that's possibly not expected with a, a, you know, maybe the less used Mud Boys like Quizcash, super spammy. So now it's kind of a synergy of, you're just constantly pressuring shields. You want them to slip up. You want them to shield the Mud Bomb because it's the third Mud Bomb that Quizcash or thus um, Stunfisk is getting to. And they say, oh God, I'm gonna have to shield something. Then you can just let Stunfisk go down, come back in with Shift Tree with a shield advantage. Uh -huh. So, yeah. 
then you, you want to round that team out. Typically, you want to give it some bulk. And that bulk can either be in the kind of resistances, like you were saying with Melmetal being you know, mono steel. Or you could say something like Skarmory itself. It has those resistances of being steel. Obviously, being a flyer, you know, you're weak to the electric, but you have the backup in your ground and your grass. Now, all three of those are weak to ice, but there's not a huge amount. Now, it, it, albeit Skarmory isn't actually weak to ice. What is it? Neutral because it is steel. Yeah. So the reality is, you know, is ice going to be that prevalent? I guess Whalerin is is getting mm. big up. Yeah. Um, so maybe you don't want to be hitting with Skarmory. And maybe you want a different kind of bulk and um, backline. Zap can and Registeel if you're looking for a closer in steels. Yeah, that's true. And you're pressing, <laughs> he's he's made the climb now. Yeah. And you're already pressuring a massive amount of shields there um, on your, your spammy, spammy mons. So having that that finish out. Um, and on the other hand, maybe something like Bastiodon itself because it has that hard, fast move damage. And it's just going to stay there forever. But I, I wouldn't be the biggest Bastion fan myself. Um, I don't actually have an XL one built yet. So I'm going to have to get walking. Yeah, I don't have this. Is, I, st I still, this is going to hot take everyone. I prefer <laughs> non XL Azumarill in, great, in Open Great League because it wins the mirror matchup because it does more damage not being XL. Um, I know you lose some of the neutral matchups, but 90% of my neutral matchup is mirror Azumarill. Um, yeah. So knowing that I can safe swap Azumarill into their Azumarill and they most likely won't swap out means I'm going to come away winning that because I do more damage to their Azumarill in the play rough mirror as our timers run down. Um, so I, this is where the stats don't agree, but... This, uh, that's how I climbed to legend, was non-XL Azumarill as my only Azumarill counter on my line. Um, and it, it worked almost every time. So, Yeah, I, I've been in the same boat, man. Um, my regular Azu is shiny, and I don't uh, haven't actually finished building my XL one. And I agree, having that little bit of extra damage on the play roughs really makes the win. You don't have to base, you just keep going with it. Yeah. So, all right, excellent, great points. So let's do a third one. Um, I had a Mon suggested to me, which is a, kind of in this kind of a mix of the two we just talked about, which is Roserade. And Roserade is a fascinating Pokemon. Um, Roserade got two Community Day moves, um, Bullet Seed for the fast move, which is great energy generation, and Weather Ball Fire as a charge move, which is spammy and cheap. Uh, the thing I like about Roserade is it is very viable with Bullet Seed or Poison Jab as its fast move. And they do different things, so you want to kind of decide what you're going to do. So generally, I'm going to run an open Great League uh, looking at Roserade. I would probably run Bullet Seed because I think throwing charge moves and pressuring shields is kind of how you win with a good closer. But Poison Jab Roserade destroys the grasses where yeah. uh, bullet seed roserade it, it can't get through meganium's thickness um even dropping four weather ball fires like it, it still can't punch its way through whereas poison jab means it's going to just eat it with fast moves and uh weather balls 
Um, so I think both are very viable and you want to build your team kind of differently uh, depending on. So Roserade, it's weak to flyers because it's grass and it's weak to psychics because it's poison or I mean, it's weak to lots of things, but those are the, the primary things we, we need to watch out for. Um, and ice. So we've got to watch out for wall rain. We've got to watch out for energy lead Azumarill. Um, and we've got to watch out for flyers, especially Pidgeot, Skarmory, Altaria, the three flyers that I see most commonly. Um, if Talonflame shows up, you're done. Uh, <laughs> locked in against Roserade. There's, there's no coming back from that one. Skarmory, you can at least get a weather ball fire off, maybe two with an energy lead, maybe three. You're not going to win, but you'll definitely at least make it limp away. Uh, yeah. Altaria is going to wall you as well. Um, so both yeah. of those are a real danger. So we've got to deal with psychics. We've got to deal with flying. Great news, everyone. Steel type loves to do that. Um, so I would probably pair Roserade with Galarian Stunfisk. Um, I think you could do regular Stunfisk too, but it doesn't catch the psychics as well. Whereas mm. Galarian Stunfisk, it can just hard wall um, Hypno pretty well. And it can also, it will wall, it, it doesn't quite wall Altaria. Altaria actually fights its way back in better than we expect. But it, it, it beats your flyers, including Altaria, and it, will, it, it steals your dragons. So I would build Stunfisk with Roserade, and then we need kind of a flexible, bulky safe pick. Um, you could always go with Azumarill because it's just the bulky safe pick. I think what I want more, because I want double backup against um, Psychics, is I would run Jellicent. Um, I love Jellicent. Even in a yeah. bad matchup, it's going to bubble beam them down. I would probably run Hex, Bubble Beam, Shadow Ball here. Um, there is the threat of a normal type coming in and you can't do anything. There's a threat of Umbreon coming in and you can't do anything. Uh, but if you, Umbreon already does poor damage. If you bubble beam him four times because he's trying to farm you down, um, whatever you bring in, you don't need to shield. And then they're going to swap out because they don't like having four debuffs on their Umbreon. And then you can pick switch back up with it um, or, or counter it with hopefully your Roserade or your Stunfisk um, or farm some extra energy on them. So I, Roserade is really fun because with Bullet Seed, it's not going to beat Meganium um, or Venusaur, which are what you really need to worry about. With Poison Jab, it will. Same is true with Alolan Ninetales. Um, with Poison Jab, it's doing super effective damage. And with Weatherball Fire, it's doing super effective. So you can actually flip some interesting matchups and you'd have to retool your team based on that. Um, but with Bullet Seed and Leaf Storm is great because it's, it's, it's a 2x attack debuff once you throw it. But it just, if they do not shield that, it, it will obliterate anything that doesn't resist it. Um, so that lets it overcome Nidoqueens, Queens, which are everywhere, especially Shadow Ones. It lets it beat Dugong, which is everywhere. Um, it'll beat Frostlass just by straight Bullet Seed Weatherballing, uh, which is super great. If it's a Charm Ninetales instead of a Powder Snow Ninetales, then because you resist Charm being a Poison type, you're good to go. Um, so yeah, Roserade, you really want to... The thing I find in Great League is people tend not to bait because people like to hold shields, so there's no reason in baiting. So they usually will just throw the aggressive move, and this is, it's all a coin flip when it comes to guessing baits or not, but I would say statistically, they're more likely not to bait than they are to bait. 
So if you do bait with Rose Raid and get the shield, then you're great because Leaf Storm will kill most things neutral or weak to it. Um, so leading Rose Raid is great because you can hopefully get a shield and get it out healthy enough to close with a Leaf Storm. Um, or just throw the Leaf Storm if you don't think they're going to shield it because they're like, oh, I resist this, and they forget how much damage it does. And then mm. you can swap out into something safe like Jellicent, um, which, again, Jellicent comes in unless they hard swap Umbreon or even Scrafty's not as close because it's uh, using counter as a fast move. You can still put some chip into them or win um, and then bring Rose Raid back in uh, and enforce more shields. So I like Roserade. I would, in Great League, I would run a Bullet Seed because grasses outside of Trevenant, um, I'm not seeing a lot of. Um, Trevenant does lose to Poison Jab. Uh, so that it's, you know, maybe worth doing. But I'm more concerned with dealing with the ground types and the water types. Um, yeah. Because Roserade with Poison Jab um, is going to struggle against non-Azumarill water types. Azumarill, it's great with either fast move. You're, you're good to go. <laughs> Um, so you can just uh, charge up double leaf storm and throw and if they double shield fine whatever I'll swap out and I'll, I'll be shields up against Azumarill um, with whatever I bring in uh, but yeah so I think that's that's kind of our thinking um, on how we would build a team look at what the strengths of the Pokemon are look at what the weaknesses are try and cover those um, you can do this with any Pokemon you need to kind of think whether or not the Mon is a lead a closer or a, a swap most of the time, if your Pokemon's not in the top 100, it's not going to be a good safe swap um, because the top 100 is usually there because of bulk or coverage, which is what makes swaps safe. Um, so you have to ask, does your Mon win through strong fast moves? Is it a Charmer? Is it a Razor Leafer? Or does it move through shield down pressure like Leaf Storm or Superpowers? And kind of play around that and build a team that either helps get the shields down or if your mon doesn't care about shields because it's a fast move person, you don't need to stress about that. You can just look at overpowering them and there's nothing greater than finishing a match where your opponent still has shields up and you've wiped out all three of their mons. Um, so when you can just fast move pressure them down and soak the right moves, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. Um, so, you know, something to consider as well with it. Uh, any, any final thoughts on great league team building? I think, like you say, focusing in on what you want to achieve, whether it's the the shields down play or whether you want to just hit them hard with fast moves and not even think about it. You know, nobody really wants to play against a triple charmer team. But look, if, if that's what you want to play, you just have to figure out what you can make that'll make that work. You know, you obviously don't want to be triple weak to, to poison because there's going to be a shadow nidder queen that rains on your day. So just focus in on what you think you want to make. Yeah, and remember, you, you're not going to build a team that wins every matchup. Um, yeah. You can play a really safe team where if you are a great player, you can win most of your matchups as you're climbing, but there's just going to be a team that's an odd line, and since you don't know what's in the back, like you're just not going to win it. So if your team, you put it together, and you're hitting three out of five wins, four out of five wins, and you find a nice rhythm to it, it's probably a very solid team and you can climb all the way to legend with it. If you really need the stars to align and you're getting one out of five regularly, look at what you're losing to and try and adjust appropriately. Um, 
which is easier said than done. So, you know, feel free to post in the comments um, a mon that you want to make work. And, you know, we're happy to look and see if it can. We'll, 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 use, we'll dedicate some time in future podcasts to uh, tinkering with everyone's favorite mons and seeing what we can build. 100%. And we love to hear what people like to play. You know, some people do legitimately love to play Azu. And a lot of other people are just playing it because that's what the meta wants you to play. So, you know, let's find the fun ones we want to play and make, make them work for us. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, so now we're going to move to the next portion of uh, the chat where we are going to talk about the Obsidian Cup, this month's um, Sylph tournament. We're about almost halfway into the month. Um, so the cup is, the meta is fairly well defined. I wouldn't say it's solved, um, but we are seeing less and less variety on teams as I look at newer and newer cups running. Uh, so let's just start with, uh, what's your initial opinion on Obsidian Cup? As, as we look at it. So I think it's it's become a much narrower cup than I think people anticipated. I think we had talked pretty early on um, and you had noticed that it, it had a, a limitation in its width um, by the nature of the bands that were there. And I think anybody who plays much self or even who plays much Go Battle League, you'd recognize that Sableye is just an oppressive mon in, in most ways. You know, it, it can, or impressive, if not oppressive. So that being the case, everybody, I think, realized that Sableye was gonna end up on, on a lot of teams. So they started looking at that. And there not being really any steals meant that you're gonna have dragons. So I, I very much have been suffering lately. Um, I think I'm in four cups at the moment, four ranked self cups. And one of the teams I put together, I have no direct answer for the dragons. And so I have my Sableye, I have my own Dragalgi, Dragalgi. Um, and yeah, I I think I'm gonna have to pull out of the cup because I just can't, can't do anything about it. I, I'm stuck with the Dragalgi mirror and Really, that's the only answer I have. So in another cup, I brought um, Milotic, or Milotic, I don't know how you pronounce it. So that's the, the mono water type with Dragon Tail in Pokemon Go. And that is a, a nice dragon answer. You know, you pop that into a, a Dragonair, it does not want to be there anymore. Um, similarly with Dragalgi, and you can have that Blizzard in the back or a Hyper Beam. So whatever comes in, you know, I had a nice matchup where the choice is, you know, I have my my Blizzard banked, not to give away my, my trade secrets or anything, um, but yeah, I had my Blizzard banked and they, they popped in a Sableye and there's nothing quite as sweet as hitting a Sableye with a, a full-on Blizzard when it comes in. You know, you got to fire him down on a Dragalgi that they swapped in and the guy afterwards was like, wow, you, you played that Melotic really well. It's like, yeah, nice 3-0 win for me. Uh, so th that's the thing. I think this month you really want to have a Sableye answer and you really want to have dragon answers, whether that is bringing in a steel, you know, like you were saying earlier, um, mm -hmm. Scavalier um, is, um, is sorry, that was, was pre-pod, I believe. Um, Escavalier is, is a solid, solid um, anti-dragon because it has that steel. Dragalgi obviously resists those counters. 
but you have the drill run, which hits its poison typing for super effective, and it does not want to tank a drill run. In fact, not really much wants to tank a drill run. Um, but Sableye, I, I think if you're building a team for um, Obsidian, you have to counter Sableye and you have to counter the dragons. That'd be my my initial um, building advice. Yeah, so the problem with Sableye is that in the top meta, it beats 22 of the 40 Mons. If it gets one single Shadow Claw in, it beats 29 of the top 40 um, with two draws as well. So it only has um, six losses in the top meta with one insane. Shadow Claw advantage. Um, yeah. And, and then it's anywhere. At, at two Shadow Claw advantage, it has 32 wins, four losses, one draw. Um, yeah. It's just like, it's, it's an oppressive mon especially the current state of the game fast moves are getting snuck in very easily if sableye yeah. sneaks in a fast move when you throw a charge move that'll flip the matchup um it's absolutely brutal uh what return sableye can do so 100 i think that's why umbreon is rising so much in the ranks as well in the early yeah. cups, I did four practice cups before this went live to make my spice video. Um, I saw one Umbreon in them. People just weren't playing it because Umbreon, it loses to your dragons, um, it loses to your bugs, and it loses to your steel bugs. Uh, so it's like, what's, what's he doing there? It's because it can beat Sableye without shielding um, or with one shield if, if Sableye's got four or five energy. Um, yeah. so like you really have to deal with how oppressive Sable, and that's why Obstagoon is also up there because it's a counter user with a fighting charge move to deal with Umbreon, but it also has Night Slash and double resists Shadow Claw, um, yeah. and single resists Dark Pulse. Um, so like it's it's just, I, I think Sableye has warped the meta, um, and I think Sableye always warps meta where there isn't a charmer. There's because there's not a viable charmer in this cup. And I wish there was a, a charmer that was good, but like if you bring a charmer, it really is only good for Sableye because it's new, all the charmers are neutral damage against Dragalgy because it's poison type as well. Um, and yeah. Dragalgy is super bulky, and none of the charmers in the cup are bulky, so it just it wins that fight. Um, so your charmer is only there for Sableye, and bringing in one mon out of six that only is like very specifically for Sableye it's just a recipe for it being a dead spot because you have to bring it when they bring it and line it up when they line up. And you're just like, oh, it's, it's not really worth it. Um, so I think Sableye is, is warping the meta because it's so oppressive. And I think the better players are doing even better with Sableye because like I said, if you sneak in fast moves, Sableye flips another six or seven matchups. Um, that's how oppressive it is. And so I, I think this meta is very much favoring people who are very good at catching fast moves, sneaking fast moves and counting, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, be abundantly clear. Um, I think playing at a high level is great and we get some great matches from it. But Sableye is just so oppressive in doing that that it's really hard to um, not build a solid answer for him. Yeah. So. Um, yes, I think Sableye's there, and then even more than Sableye, even though I think he's the biggest danger, uh, is Dragology. Um, in the EU Masters Tournament, there are um, 76 people playing in it, 
and there are um, 50 Dragalges. So over or about a 66% presence with a single mon. Um, it's just, he's very thick. He's very resistant to most things. Um, he doesn't require shields. Even in his losing matchups, you can kind of just chip in enough with him. So he's a very safe swap. Um, and the only real ice type is Walrein, who's honestly not very good. Um, I want Walrein to be good, but he's just walled by so much other stuff in this cup that yeah. really, like I tried him. I ran him in two practice cups and he sat on the bench almost every match. He just never was right um, for the lineups. When you're um, facing up steals and with steals that have counter, I mean, it's going to be a hard sell. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think that's my general read of the meta is make sure you bring a team that can handle a Sable Hydrogalgy core. Um, expect yeah. there to be S Cavaliers and expect there to be Umbreons. Um, the other big point, um, the other big thing I'm seeing on the rise, uh, Zacharias, you can chime in more on this because you're in the current cups, uh, is the double dragon strategy. Um, an an yeah. ABB line in Obsidian is, that's finding success if, because most people can only slot one good dragon counter in. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, great. You just let the second one clean house then. Then that's the problem. You know, it's almost impossible that there's, I think, two matchups now I've had back to back, and it's just been Escab in the lead or Sableye in the lead, and then two dragons in the back. And it just seemed it's way too, does exactly what it says on the tin. I'm going to win for you. It's so hard to beat it down. You know, it depends what you're trying to run against it. You know, I was running um, with. A jealousant, which was just a, a, a poor idea, ill-conceived notion of, of spamming off ice beams to, to bring me to dragon victory um, in a meta full of Umbreon and Sableye. But like that, you know, even if you can use your jealousant well and line it up against a dragon, sure, you, you hammer one dragon, you might have an ice beam ready to go for, for the next one if you're lucky or for, you know, whatever comes in after whatever comes in after is an Umbreon and just gets a ton of free farm, eats the ice beam, sits there, snarls down a jellicent. Like you said before, you know, you can bubble beam it through and, and take out a bunch of its, uh, a bunch of its bite. But the reality is there's still an Umbreon in back. And when your jellicent goes down, if that was your dragon answer, a dragon air comes in or, you know, a Dragalgi, depending on how they, uh, they lined up against you. And it's just oppressive, you know, the, the amount of, of dragon breath damage that a Dragonair can dish out. And then by the time you've, you've eaten enough of a Dragonair, dragon breath down, you don't really want to tank the Aquatail because it means you're going to die. You know, it means you're, you're going to, your Pokemon's going to faint. And so you're, you're likely to shield that just because of the extreme pressure of the damage. So I found it very hard today. Um, I had a matchup and I, I had a, very hard zero three loss with my jellicent um into a abb line and i said to the eye afterwards like i just have nothing to answer this double dragon with and it was just a utter mistake from my team building and um, when i kind of i should have known because in another cup i was running um a dragonair and a melotic so i'm i'm kind of leaning into that double dragon even as well albeit i wasn't going for the um the same direct weakness for fear of uh, any ice types, but you know, like you say, they're few and far between uh, useful ice types in this cup. 
Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's a pretty good read. So let's let's what we really care about, what we really want. Uh, what do you think is the spice that'll bring you a victory in the Obsidian Cup? That is that is the question. That really is the question. So I don't think Melotic counts as a, a spice pick. I don't know what rank um, that that's coming in at. Um, it's also melodic is it's rank 44 i think anything over 40. rank 30 counts as spicy okay. it's not maybe it's not super spicy but i do like melodic um yeah for yeah sure. so i i would recommend that as as a spice pick i would not recommend chalicent um it has not worked for me um and, and like i said before you know it, it comes from that notion of going down the ranking list and or, or going down pokemon that you know you like you know i think i ran melodic in regionals season two um, and really really enjoyed it i think i'd literally built it for that tournament and mm -hmm. um, i had run one a couple of times before that and was impressed by its bulk and the just the amount of dragon tail damage it can dish out um i'm trying to think now what else spice wise i'm running i, I think i have where am i at the moment i am in like I say, I'm in four cups. I think my spiciest pick, other than Jellicent. Oh, it's it's completely gone from my mind now. Um, I'll we'll jump in while you while you think it yeah. out. Um, all right. So obviously, my first spice pick. Um, for those of you who haven't watched, go watch the Spice Must Flow, my monthly spice video. Uh, is Venomoth. I think Venomoth is phenomenal in this cup in a fair matchup. It'll beat Sableye. Um, it will beat Cresselia. It will beat Defense Deoxys. It will beat Umbreon. Um, it will chip and weaken pretty much anything else. The only thing that hard aggressively walls it to misery is Cofagrigus and Foratris, which you both you have to worry for both of them for sure. Um, but Venomoth actually does really well at handling the darks, and it does really well. Um, at handling the psychics when they show up because bug buzz is just a nuke and poison fang is great even in the neutral matchups so obviously that's my first spice pick but i feel like it's cheating for me to um point to that since i already made a very in-depth video of it uh so my second spice pick um which sounds like it's bad advice given how much we talked about umbreon and sableye but it's gingar um <laughs> Now, the reason why I'm suggesting Gengar is because most people are safe swapping in um, Foratress. That's what I was finding is that's like the safe pick because no one's running fire. So everything just kind of goes slow. But Gengar is oppressive enough that it'll beat Foratress. It'll beat Cofagrigus, um, both of which I was having problems with in my lines. Um, and it's just unless they, in, so as long as you don't get locked in against uh, their dark types, their Sableye or their Umbreon, you're going to make them want to shield because no one wants a Shadow Ball from Gengar. It just hits so hard. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, it loses to what I think are two of the biggest Mons in the cup, but with a little bit of energy, it'll power through most other things. Um, so I think Gengar is something people aren't looking to build against. I don't think it's on most people's radars. So I think you can get a lot of early shield pressure with Gengar. Uh, so that's that's my other spice look. And I, I found fairly good success with it in my last practice cup. Um, it pairs well with Venomoth, which obviously none of the darks want to be against. Um, yeah. So 
I, I found those two actually worked really well together. So that's why I, I think Gengar, not as a main core, but as a great piece to sub in against various lines, is a really strong outside spice pick that people aren't looking at. I like it. I think I'm going to have to run that in Gym Breakers. I like that. It's it, it overperformed my expectations um, in, yeah. in the one cup. So it's definitely worth looking at. So yeah, the, there's some good spice options there. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think this cup is very broad. Uh, no. So I think we're limited in spice we can run because it's just, it's an all out slug fest of bulky, aggressive, slow mons. It's Umbreon, it's Obstagoon, Defense Deoxys, Trigology, Sableye, yeah. right? It's like, those four, oh, and Foratress, right? Just super defensive oriented mons. And yeah. spice mons are usually a little glassy. That's why they aren't ranked as high generally because they are frail. And so in a cup that doesn't allow for that, uh, we're really limited in viable spice mons. Um, but I think there are a few. I think Venomoth is the best, um, but I do also really think Gengar has a place in the meta more than people have been giving it credit for. And I think because Gengar has the option of Focus Blast, you know? Yeah, you can definitely Shadow Punch Focus Blast. Um, they won't expect it. So you can definitely get away with it for one of your matches too, and then just make them scared in future matches yeah. about it. Uh, and as they might expect it on a dark, you know, with this being such a dark, heavy line. You know, I, if I ran into a Gengar, I might, I might just assume it was a focus blast to try and hit that Umbreon, you know, yeah. that it would swap into a ghost or swap into a matchup that it could just maybe fire off one shadow punch and bank a ton of energy and then have its focus blast to, to close out on no health. I might be forced to shield that one time. And that could be the, the thing that wins you a match is the assumption of, oh, I need to shield this on my Umbreon, even though it's only a shadow ball. Um, yeah, you could also run Sludge Bomb, um, which isn't going to pick you up more wins, but it's going to keep you from getting walled um, by things like Sableye and Umbreon. Like, because yeah. Focus Blast isn't going to win you Sableye, but if they no. don't sludge because they assume that's like, all right, it's Shadow Ball or it's Focus Blast, whatever, I'm Sableye. Uh, and you drop a Sludge Bomb with Gengar's attack rating, it will cripple uh, Sableye for sure. Um, so, you know, it's I think it's a viable move as well. Any three of those depending on what team coverage you need, are, are solid options. Um, so, yeah. yeah Ma Magnezone, that was the other one. Oh, yeah. I, I'd forgotten. And, I, and you know, I'm still trying to find my feet with it in this cup. But having... Um, so, so what I'm doing is I'm running it with uh, the nice and spicy flash cannon. Mm. Um, so the, the whole idea is that wild charge is my base <laughs> so i'm either building to two wild charges and i'm you know doing the kind of standard magnezone trick or i'm just going straight flash cannon i'm just hitting out that flash cannon and people do not want to shield that first one off magnezone you know they just people tend to assume oh no there's no way he's gonna especially if you're locked in you know if you, yeah. you've they're not going to think you're going straight to wild charge because you're going to be so weakened. And then you hit them with a the flash cannon. So that's, and even just as a closer at the end of the game, that's the hope anyway. I have mm -hmm. yet to really pull it off this cup. There are a good few uh, counter users that are, are raining on my parade, but 
Yeah, yeah, no, I can, I can see it though, because it's a steel that's not a bug type, so it's it's got real moves. Um, yeah. So yeah, I can definitely see Magnazon getting some play as well. You just have to watch out for the the counter users mostly. Um, yeah, and it's unfortunate to resist the dragon, but not have a huge amount to hit back with. Like obviously the flash cannon hits nice and hard, but it is you know it'd be nice to have some sort of I don't know a steel fast move or something to to make it add up on those um, on those dragons rather than the resisted. I know nothing really wants to take a wild charge anyway. Plus, it's still resisted by the dragons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, I think that's primarily what we're going to cover in this first episode. Thank you all for joining us. Let's uh, end with a few questions for you all so we can know what you're looking for, what you want from this podcast. So the first question we kind of alluded to earlier, what Mon do you want to see us build a great league team around? What Mon do you want us to give a deep dive into and look and see if it's viable? And, you know, please make sure it's at least somewhat viable. I'm sorry, Dunsparce. It's just not happening yet. Um, and then second of all, something to, to get us our, our uh, mouths watering. What are your predictions for regionals um, as we, we get ready and look toward what meta they're going to be? Right. I think the last two years have been very um, favored towards not rock, paper, scissor, toward this kind of very bulky defensive shield management meta that we're seeing in Obsidian. Uh, do we think they'll go that way? Do we think they will go something brand new? What, what are your thoughts for that? Feel free to chime in and then we will talk about that next time, everyone. Did you have any final words? No, really looking forward to hearing what everybody has to say of what they want to hear and what people think regionals is going to be because that is definitely what's on my mind at the moment um, counting down the days and looking forward to Irish regionals and uh, best of luck to everybody who's enjoying the self and go battle league battles out there all right well thank you all for joining us and until next time keep on battling